Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. It's time for the Chicago Blackhawks postgame show on the Blackhawks Radio Network. Here's Joe Brand. Back-to-back nights that the Blackhawks have a one-goal lead heading into the third period against a team very eager for another two points. Last night, Minnesota is able to muster up a comeback. Tonight, Pittsburgh with a chance to be in control of their own destiny for the playoffs. And they punt. PPG Paints Arena might stand for Penguins. Punt away a game. Blackhawks prevail in this one 5-2. They stun the Penguins and pick up their first win in the past couple of days. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 10 o'clock tonight. If you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. Call or text. But right now, we're going to head on over to Pittsburgh and bring in Troy Murray, who's on the call with John Weideman tonight. And Troy, I I heard you mention at, at some point in that third period... Pittsburgh started to press a little bit harder, and they were maybe trying to get a little bit too risky. Was that kind of a big factor of that third period once the Blackhawks had the commanding lead? You could sense what was going on. All of a sudden, you become a little bit more individual in your play. You're trying to do it all by yourself, and you've got some great players over on the Penguin side of it, but all of a sudden, you know, they're trying to force things that aren't there. It's just not natural, but you could sense the tension in their game, and this is a, a team that you know, their core group of guys has won Stanley Cup, but you could just sense the tension not only in the building but on the ice from the players and just trying to force plays that weren't there, but that is a product of what was going on there. They needed to try and find a way to solve Peter Mrazek. They couldn't. Blackhawks' defense bent, but they didn't break. They did what they needed to do. They paid the price. They blocked a lot of shots in this game. Give them credit for that. And for the Penguins, I mean, through 40 minutes of play, they probably should have been ahead by two or three goals, but because of the play of Mrazek, they were trailing heading into the third period and just never could find a way to to get themselves into a position where they were in control of this game. They did come back and they tied it early in the third period with a power play goal, but after that, the Blackhawks able to find ways and uh, put pressure on the Penguins, and the Penguins had to win this game, and as soon as the Hawks took that lead again, the Penguins were chasing it, and you could just see the, the tension and the the, the chances that they were taking, the bad pinch on the Athanasio goal, trying to keep the play alive, should have probably backed out of there, and Hawks able to take advantage of that. There's no way to prove this, but I feel like if the Blackhawks didn't have the type of game they had last night, and we were talking about this in the second intermission, with such similar similar such uh, similarities from the back-to-back nights, I, I don't know if they pull out this win because it seemed like they, they kind of had... You know the the recipe, the game plan, the 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 no to it of of how to hang on to this win because of everything they just experienced the night before. Well, it's always a, a learning curve, and we have an opportunity to get right back at it. They were able to do some things when Pittsburgh came back and tied this game in the third period. It just didn't seem like the Blackhawks, you know, felt the pressure the the way that, that we've seen in the past, and they were able to score the goal by Buddy Robinson. Maybe it was a little bit of a lucky break, but hey, you, you take whatever you can get. Right after that, the Athanasiou scores the goal. Well, that was on the on the bad pinch, and 
And all of a sudden, you, you sit here and you're going, wow, for the Pittsburgh Penguins, one goal down, two goals down, and not able to do it. Then it was three goals down before they could uh, re respond with a late goal, but certainly wasn't enough. A nice job by the Blackhawks to do what they needed to do and, and uh, you know, a confidence builder for those guys inside the room, knowing that, hey, they can do it against a good team and not only do it against a good team, but on their home ice. Yeah, and, and a good team on their own home ice trying to fight for the playoffs. Uh, lastly, Troy, it, it's great to see Peter Mrazek get such a milestone victory for everything that he's done well for the Hawks this year. Yeah, I mean, some of the, the play that he's had this year hasn't been rewarded for it, and uh, tonight was one of those games that, uh, boy, he was really good. The, the last game in Seattle, he gave up seven goals in that one. wasn't, you know, a game that uh, that you would think that it was a close game, but Mrazek played a really good game before late in the game where everything just kind of unfolded and unraveled for the Blackhawks. Uh, but for the way that Peter, Peter Mrazek has played this season, nice to see him. He's a great guy. He's had a great attitude all season long. And for him to come in here and steal some points out of uh, the Penguins' pocket, in a meaningful game, a huge game for Pittsburgh. Whether they can make it or not, they don't control their own destiny. The Islanders and the Penguins have the same amount of games. They both have one game left. The Penguins are trailing as far as points. And so Peter Mrazek has a lot to do with the future of the Pittsburgh Penguins this season, whether they make it or not. Troy, it's been an honor talking to you down the line all season long, but we've got one more game to get to. Thursday night, it all wraps up. I guess we'll talk to you then. Let's do it one more time. What do you say? One more time. All right, sounds good. Safe travels, pal. We'll see you in a all couple right. of days. Thanks, Joe. All right, that is Troy Murray. He and John Weideman on the call as the Blackhawks beat the Pittsburgh Penguins 5-2. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 10 o'clock tonight. Let's have them. Text calls 312-981-7200. Understand what tonight meant. I understand what tonight meant for everything that goes on. And yes, I understand why some Blackhawks fans are frustrated right now. Um, I'm already being accused of not jumping to painting this all as a positive light and a, a positive thing. And even... Uh, one of the, the main statements that I've been using so much this year about how it's not the player's job to rebuild, it's not the coaching staff's job to rebuild. I've been reiterated that fans understand that already and that I'm just going to go ahead and read the tweet. And again, if you'd like to tweet me at Joe underscore brand one, uh, please spare us the talk about the Hawks players don't want to tank. Spare us this. Meaningless game for the Hawks, but meant everything for the Hawks' future. Totally lost it, but hey, players had a victory. There's still one more game. There's still another game on Thursday against the Philadelphia Flyers. So, I mean, if we're, if we're speaking mathematically, there is still a game. Anaheim still has to play tonight. They're hosting Vancouver. At the moment, the Blackhawks sit tied with the Anaheim Ducks with 58 points in the reverse standings of the overall NHL standings. The Blackhawks have a higher, actually a lower winning percentage. However, the Hawks have more regulation wins than the Anaheim Ducks, and they will at the end of this season, regardless of what happens from both teams. So, what the Blackhawks need to do 
in order to get the bottom spot in the NHL standings, if that's what you're looking for, they would need to lose to Philadelphia, and then they would need at least three points from the Columbus Blue Jackets. And the Anaheim Ducks, kind of the same situation. Um, Anaheim playing Vancouver tonight. They have one more game after tonight. Columbus, I take that back. Or I'm sorry, Columbus has two games left. They finish their season on Friday against Buffalo. The Blackhawks finish their season on Thursday against Philadelphia. Anaheim has tonight and then another game. I understand how this looks, and I understand why you might be frustrated. Pittsburgh was trying to win that game. I don't know what to tell you about the Penguins' work ethic in that game. I mean, it goes aside what you think the Blackhawks should be doing. Pittsburgh was playing for their lives out there. And that's what this Blackhawks team is capable of doing this year. Even if, on paper, they're not the most talented team in the league, they're capable of beating a team like Boston, who's already wrapped up the President's Trophy. They're capable of beating Calgary on the road in a very meaningful game for the Flames. We thought that one was tight for the playoff race for Calgary. Tonight, had Pittsburgh won... They would have put themselves a point above the New York Islanders and given themselves a chance to clinch a playoff spot with one more win. Pittsburgh is at home and they're hosting the Blackhawks. And they got booed off the ice. Aside from what you think the Blackhawks should be doing, the Blackhawks players should be doing, Pittsburgh lost this game. And I kind of think it's... A lot of that situation, too, with Calgary. Now, this is not taking away anything for the Blackhawks' effort tonight. They had 26 block shots. They scored the only goal in the second period, even though they were outshot from Pittsburgh 16-6. And this is another thing we've been talking about. A lot of times this year, when I was getting a lot of texts about Hawks fans being frustrated about the string of losses and how... They're not fit to win any type of game, and now everyone's flip-flopping on me. I'm sure it's different fans tweeting and texting and calling at that time. But last night, this team, this Blackhawks team, had a one-goal lead heading into the third period. That was kind of foreign ground to them, because it had been a while that they tried to close out a tight victory like that. And they kind of got punched in the mouth by the Minnesota Wild. Actually, figuratively and literally. I didn't even mean for that pun. But it happened. And then, same situation tonight. Quick turnaround. I mean, they didn't have morning skate this morning. They, they jumped on the plane right after the loss to Minnesota. And I bet you last night's loss left a real sour taste in their mouth. I mean, Connor Murphy's post-game comments after last night's game... He was real ticked off. With the season winding down, with how hard this team has been working, they wanted to be rewarded for their efforts. And, you know, the the one person I have tweeting at me saying, you know, spare us, oh, the players had a moral victory. That's not to justify this. That's to put it into perspective. The, the players on the ice are the people who are dictating 
the circumstances, what's going to happen, where the Blackhawks pick in the draft lottery. The guys on the ice are doing that. So their mindset, their emotions, that plays a role. And that's why you saw the Hawks gut out a win tonight. Peter Morazic playing on his head. Good for Peter Morazic. I'm, I'm really happy for the Blackhawks goaltender tonight. 38 saves for Peter Morazic, picking up his 150th career victory. Peter Morazic's a free agent after this year. You think he cares about where the Blackhawks draft? Even if he does sign an extension with the Hawks, who knows how long that's going to be. I can't imagine very long. And listen, I get it. I understand why you're frustrated. But we got to see how this plays out, and we're not going to know anything until May 8th when that draft lottery is picked. How do you think Columbus Blue Jackets fans are feeling tonight? Playing the Philadelphia Flyers, they tie it up in the third period. They nearly won in overtime, and then the Flyers picked up a goal in the final minute. I mean, this is sports. It's it's almost gambling. That's that's kind of what it reminded me of, where it's the fact that like fans are rooting for their own team not to win because of the future success, the future light at the end of the tunnel. And I get it. I understand what the circumstances are. But you got a hardworking team like this that stays close in a lot of these games and want something to play for. That's the thing. They they want to play for a win. Not not they want to win. They do want to win, but they want to play for a win. They want to play for something meaningful. And to stun the Penguins on the ice, on their home ice tonight, that's huge for a team. Now, there's one game left. It's against the Philadelphia Flyers. I understand Philadelphia is not the biggest team in the world. One more game at the United Center. Possibly Jonathan Taves last. I think it's just time for Hawks fans to understand that you're just going to have to wait until May 8th, regardless of where the Hawks fall. And who knows? Maybe Columbus picks up at least another point. Their last game is against Buffalo on Friday. And Buffalo just got eliminated from the playoffs. So if you want some more optimism there, Buffalo's got nothing to play for in the last game. So maybe the Blue Jackets can squeak out a victory there. We'll just have to see how it all plays out. Join us if you'd like. Give us a call. Give us a text. 312-981-7200. Looks like Luke Richardson is talking with the media. We'll also get hopefully some sound from the Blackhawks dressing room. And we'll get to some other things as well. We're taking this post-game show up to 10 o'clock tonight here on 720 WGN after the Blackhawks beat the Pittsburgh Penguins 5-2, 720 WGN. Taking a look at the WGN radio text line. And again, you can text us or call us at 312-981-7200. You could send me a tweet at Joe underscore brand one. Uh... It's it's funny because I'm getting two totally different perspectives from the people that are texting and from the people that are tweeting. Maybe we'll just go back and forth. One texter, 
Well, this is an Islanders fan, so congratulations to you. 516 area code. I know that you guys want to tank for Bedard, but I just want to say that you guys did us Islander fans a solid. If the Pens win, we would have no chance, so thanks. Uh, From the 618 area code, Hi Joe, all these people whining about the Hawks actually winning a game. Maybe they're playing for Taves. My own feeling is that he will retire, but whether he does or doesn't, doesn't he deserve to end this season a little better than losing every game? This could be very well. This could very well be the end of an era, as they say. I, I, I think if I'm a Blackhawks fan, I just want Jonathan Taves to be happy in his last couple of games this year, which may or may not be his final as a Chicago Blackhawk. He's clearly been going through hell and back. And now that he's back, he has had a little extra pep to his step. He's he's got that competitive spirit on the ice each and every night. But I, I think a win like tonight definitely feels good for him. And again, it definitely feels good in that locker room. Let's now go to the tweets. We do get perspective. We did not eviscerate the roster. We get the players want to win. Don't minimize what this win means for the Hawks' future. I don't think you can say that yet. You can't say that definitively. Nothing is finalized. And it's it's under a microscope right now because of where it lands on the schedule. If the Hawks beat the Penguins two months ago, no one would be bent out of shape like this. And and again, if if you understand the players want to win... What do you want me to say? Like, what what can I say that'll make you feel better? Do you want me to say that the players should be throwing the games? How is that possible? How is it possible to think that the coaching staff should be throwing these games? I get if you're frustrated. I get it. I understand. I want to see Connor Bedard in a Blackhawk sweater, too. I do. But you just can't control it right now. And even if they did lose this game, nothing is guaranteed. I'll say that a million times. Uh, More from the tweets. A complete embarrassment. Uh, The future for a potential key piece totally messed us tonight, totally lost. But hey, it's a moral victory for the players. Again, moral victories for the players isn't a justification. It's just... A reminder that these players are human and they want to win. They want to pad their stats. They want to be a part of a winning culture, whether or not they're going to the playoffs. So that plays a role. That emotion, that energy, that desire, that will to win, that's going to translate onto the ice. The same way you want that to happen when your team is fighting in the Stanley Cup playoffs. From the 779 area code, Joe, those are called Fairweather and Bandwagon fans from the Wells family. Uh, from the 828 area code, what a win for the team tonight. Always a good day when the Hawks beat the Penguins. Let's finish the season back home on a high note. I want to pull out a tweet from Mark Lazarus, who writes f- for The Athletic. He says, in all seriousness, it's such a bummer that the Blackhawks fans can't enjoy tonight. Ruining another team's playoff hopes particularly particularly a team that's been great for so long, is one of the rare joys a non-playoff team gets to feel. And 
I, I feel like that hits home so much because let's say the draft lottery, or at least the order of it, was all decided by now. This would have been such a fun game to talk about. I, again, this is a hardworking team that's coming into Pittsburgh and just demolishing all the Penguins fans' <laughs> hopes. Again, it's still alive for them. They they still can. Pittsburgh has to win their last game. The New York Islanders have to lose, but there can't be uh, a point. If the Islanders get one point, I think they're secure because the Islanders have the tiebreaker over Pittsburgh, if I'm not mistaken. And again, Columbus nearly won their game, too. So if the Blue Jackets came away with the two points tonight that they were trying to get, would your thought process be different? Would your reactions be different? I'm not quite sure. Uh, It sounds like we're going to have sound from Peter Mrazek and Luke Richardson. So when we have that ready, we'll play it for you. But for right now, uh, let's hear how it sounded from the PPG Paints Arena. Again, First period was was kind of slow. I, I shouldn't say that. There there was just about everything but goals. Thirteen to nine, the Hawks outshot Pittsburgh. Seemed like they kept a, a pretty decent pace. But then once we moved into the second period, and this was the period that the Penguins dominated. It started with a Pittsburgh power play, where the Penguins spent the entire man advantage in the Hawks zone. They came away with no no goals though. And then later on, Alex Nylander, former Blackhawk, you all remember him committed a penalty, giving the Hawks a power play. They didn't score on that, but they did score shortly after it. Murphy shot the puck into the Penguins zone, then got it back and fires. He scores! It might have been deflected on the way in. Reese Johnson was standing in between Murphy and the Penguin net and may have tipped this, or it might be Murphy's goal all the way. Either way, the Hawks lead 1-0. Good for Connor Murphy, too. His seventh goal of the season, that's a career high for number five. Just ripping a one-timer. And given the Blackhawks the first goal of the game, later on, Peter Mrazek had a stellar stop on Sidney Crosby as Pittsburgh pulled up a, a two-on-one. Again, Pittsburgh out-shooting the Hawks 16-6 to in that second period. Hawks come away with it with a one nothing lead. So we moved into the third period, and I, I just could not stop thinking about last night's game. And I was thinking there was going to be a greater push from the Pittsburgh Penguins. And that's not to say that there wasn't because they were able to tie up the game. 35 seconds on the power play. Back to Petrie at the line. To Raquel, right point. Closing in. He'll fire. They score. It's Evgeny Malkin redirecting that shot in behind Peter Morazic. Penguins cash in on their fourth power play and tie the score at one. It was a fake slap shot coming from Ricard Raquel from the near point. And it turned out to be a, a pass to Evgeny Malkin, who was just right on the doorstep. Got it past Mrazek. Can't really blame you. Can't blame Mrazek on that goal whatsoever. His first one coughed up in the game, and honestly, that's when I thought Pittsburgh was going to take over the game because again, it reminded me a lot of last night's game against Minnesota. But even Troy Murray said that it didn't turn out that way. It didn't. It didn't turn into Pittsburgh's game. And the Hawks even were a little bit limited with their offensive chances. They had just one shot on goal early in that third period. Their second shot on goal wasn't until about halfway through that third period, and it actually gave them back the lead. 
Caleb to his brother Seth, right wing center ice, front of the benches. Slings it down the glass into the Penguin zone. Puck circles and it ends over the left point. Caleb Jones put it on goal. They score! It's Buddy Robinson! Jones fires toward the net from the left point. This deflects to Buddy Robinson standing in front of the Pittsburgh cage. And in his next motion, he put it in behind Jari for his first Blackhawk goal. And a 2-1 Hawk lead with 9.38 left in the third. The back-to-back nights, the Blackhawks get first goals. Last night it was Anders Bjork. Tonight it's Buddy Robinson. A 2-1 lead for the Hawks. There was a media timeout, but just 26 seconds after Buddy Robinson's goal, the Blackhawks doubled their lead. Seth Jones behind the net. Spins a pass up the right wing. A 2-1-1 break for the Hawks. Led by Athanasio over the Penguin line. He fires! And a blocker save made. And then Athanasio pokes it off the jury. He scores! Andreas Athanasiu from behind the Penguin net threw the puck off the back of Jari's equipment and it rolled back into the Penguin net. 3-1 in favor of the Hawks with 9-12 left in the third. How do you like me now? Honestly, give credit to Andreas Athanasiu for keeping that play alive. And we've talked so much about Athanasiu's transition over to center and how that's been an opportunity for him to utilize his speed a lot more. That was on display with this goal, bursting down past the goal line of Tristan Jari, and then nearly punching it in on his initial shot, but the rebound going behind the net, and he just kept flapping it towards the net. And then finally, with his third push, he gets it in. Athanasiu has had, had a great past couple of weeks now. He's really been finding his rhythm, and the Blackhawks would go on to win this one 5-2. to two. That was essentially the game-winning goal, Athanasiu making it 3-1 Hawks. Later on, an empty net goal by Tyler Johnson. Pittsburgh would get one more with about 37 seconds left in the game, but then another empty netter by McKenzie Entwistle did help us out with the over. So if you took that at the FanDuel Sportsbook pregame show, a payout of minus 110. We went one for three for tonight's game, though. We've got sound from Luke Richardson. We've got sound from Peter Morazic, but right now we've got to get to a break. We will get to that on the other side of this. We'll also take your texts and calls, 312-981-7200. You can also tweet me, at Joe underscore brand one. We'll hear from the head coach and the winning goaltender when we come back, 720 WGN. Getting a few more texts. And again, if you'd like to be one of those people, 312-981-7200. We'll take your calls as well. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 10 o'clock tonight after the Hawks beat the Pittsburgh Penguins 5-2 to from the 219 area code. Had the opportunity to go to the Boston game just like this one. I think we should be proud of the fact that the boys never gave up just because it was a hard team to play against. Uh, from the 312 area code, here we go. Hey, Joe, stop sugarcoating the Blackhawks. The United Center is like quiet church. Fans aren't watching the game. Most of them play with cell phones. I'm very disgusted of not cheering or yelling, let's go, Hawks. It's very sad. I don't want Bedard. I want Fantilli. Andy, Andy, you got a lot of thoughts, man. Um, I disagree. I don't think the United Center is like a quiet church. There's been a few games where the turnout's been a little lackluster, but that's been recently, and honestly, I get that. We're past the trade deadline. We're nearing the end of the year. The weather's getting better. There's baseball going on. But the United Center getting quiet? I don't think so. I, I, I commend the Hawks fans last night that were at the game against Minnesota. That place got really loud at the end of the second period. When the Hawks outshot Minnesota 22-5, there was only one goal. It was way earlier in the period. I mean, Hawks fans continue to stay very engaged. Uh, and I don't think I'm sugarcoating the Blackhawks. This has been a rough year. No one's 
saying that the Blackhawks, who are currently the second to the bottom of the NHL standings, are one of the best teams out there. We're not we're not being naive. I'm not being dumb. I, I understand what's going on. I just I think you have to understand that this team continues to stay competitive to the second to last game of the year. There's something to be said about that. From the 630 area code, Joe, you're right. This was a great win for the Blackhawks. It meant a lot to the players and coaches. This is the NHL, and you play to win. Thanks for doing a great job, John and Rogie the Cat from Oswego. Thank you, John and Rogie the Cat. Um, I'll just move on. Uh, Joe, the Hawks did a better job in the hitting department this year, so I appreciate the effort of the old shake-and-bake rebuild program. But next year, 500 is going to be tough the way it is going to be tough the way it is now. Nobody wants to talk about keeping the puck out of the net at an average 300 goals a year. Better luck next year. I'll give him a C-plus for effort. Mrazek and Stalock, good luck to him. They've seen enough pucks. Practice is over in one more game. Good effort to hold on tonight. It was nice to see Mrazek hold on to the win. That's hockey, baby. LOL. Okay, again, a lot of thoughts. Um, but you also said C-plus for effort, and then you said good effort to hold on to tonight. So kind of back and forth. This is what I'll end with on this topic, because we got to get to Luke Richardson. we got to get to Peter Mrazek, and then we're going to get around the league as well. Again, I understand why you might be frustrated tonight. And frankly, I think part of it is because Hawks fans have kind of been deprived about something to root for this year. Heading into this year, we knew it was going to be a rebuild. We knew it was going to be tough. We knew there was going to be a lot of losses. So now when you have something to root for, like physically and tangibly root for, going into a game and thinking, okay, we can accomplish this if this happens. I understand why Blackhawks fans might be missing that right now. And maybe that's why you're a little frustrated and a little flustered that they lost this game. And again, I'm not saying you shouldn't be. But I don't know what you want them to do. I don't don't know what you want the players to do. I don't know what you want the coaching staff to do. Because frankly, I think the Blackhawks have gone about this whole thing the best way that they can. Going into a rebuild setting up the roster the way they have, being competitive in almost every game, and still coming out with a chance to maybe land Connor Bedard. And the last thing is, if you're so bent out of shape about this loss, then maybe you shouldn't celebrate if the Hawks end up getting the draft lottery if they do fall at number two or number three. Because again, it's a lottery. Nothing's guaranteed. And then all of a sudden, this win actually meant something. But again, you can't control that. So we're just going to have to wait it out. We're not going to wait for Luke Richardson anymore, though. Let's hear from the Blackhawks head coach. Well, how would you sum up that game? Uh, you know, the guys just were determined. I think we played really good hockey as of late, and we just couldn't get over the hump in that third period. And tonight, they were determined to get over the hump. And uh, a lot of credit, a lot of hard plays out there, uh, like Dickey blocking a shot. Uh, I think it was on Malkin, and then Buddy had a big block and some really good plays in front of him. Peter was excellent uh, all night when we needed him. So, um, you know what? I thought we managed the puck uh, complete in 60 minutes tonight, and that was uh, frustrating for them. Seemed like Morosic had Crosby's number in particular. Yeah, Peter was good. You know, he saw the puck well tonight, and, uh, you know, he was in the crease, uh, you know, in a, you know, really solid positioning and made uh, a couple times multiple saves, like one shot and a rebound uh, save. So those those are big, especially in the second period on that one power play they had. 
when you feel the anxiety from the other team and then the fans, does that kind of fuel fuel the group? Um, I think the guys uh, are really just playing for themselves. They're focused on themselves right now, and uh, you know what we. We, we really want to just have a, a good end of the season. I think we put a lot of work in this year and made some strides in a lot of areas uh, you know, other than the standings. And uh, now, next year, obviously, we want to move up. But to do that, we have to still make steps. And, and I think we're going to finish off the right way, which is great to see. There was a game late February in Dallas, similar circumstances. It was night two of a back-to-back on the road against a playoff contending team. Is there anything that you did as a staff to get the team ready similarly between those two games, or is it maybe the lack of of, uh, preparation or time going in that just makes guys kind of relaxed a little bit? I think at this time of the year, the way I watch our team play, we're kind of all in sync, Uh, you know, uh, you know, the, you have one or two misplays here and there in the game, and the game's so fast. I'm sure every team is saying the same thing, but I'm watching us play, and uh, the reps that we do in our drills all year that at the beginning of the year weren't so smooth, and we're walking through them. It's playoff time. You know, we're unfortunately not in, but I think the guys feel that type of atmosphere at the end of the year. The weather's changing. You come to the rink, you pl- practice short, and you play hard, and uh, they're they're you know that's it's good to know that that they're make, made that step as a group. You know, we might not be all exact same group next year but uh we set uh the the standard this year of our work ethic and um, i think it's starting to show like the repetition on especially on a game like tonight like finishing off little plays in the neutral zone and getting it deep making a team work 200 feet instead of turning a puck over and being short uh, short a man because we lost the guy that turned it over is behind the play uh, little things still learning from last game to this game. Uh, you know, when we're not in the playoffs, it's easy for these guys to not be motivated and pack it in, and they're not. So proud of them for that. How did you juggle the 11 7 tonight, and how have you been over the past few weeks? You know what? It's a lot more difficult for the coach. you gotta, you got to be paying attention, and you got to really watch and see the players' shifts before to see who you can use again, like a double up over the rotation. And, um, you know, I think uh, playing the right way helped us do that. So the players helped me do that. And I just kind of followed uh, the trend of uh, the breathing habits on the bench and just uh, saw the workload from the shift before and uh, seeing what's coming next. I don't really have last change, but I can kind of see, you know, Mike Sullivan. He does uh, he does that a lot. He'll change up his uh, line rotation, so he can't really follow that pattern. Um, but you know, I mean, I, I think just D zone faceoffs, to O zone faceoffs, to neutral zone faceoffs. I just kind of worked off that, and uh, you know, worked in, and, and the guys were responsive. Well, they were really good on the changes on the bench, and uh, I think that was key to the game. They were sharp. Tonight's three-star selection is sponsored by CarStar. Trust CarStar, North America's leading premier collision repair provider. With your collision repair needs, visit CarStar.com to find a Chicagoland location near you. The number three star, Evgeny Malkin, he had the game-tying goal early in the third period. It wasn't enough, though. Peter Mrazek, the number two star, 38 saves tonight from Mrazek. And the number one star for the Blackhawks, Andreas Athanasiu, he had what turned out to be the game winner. One more break, and then we'll hear from the Blackhawks goaltender, Peter Mrazek. You're listening to the Blackhawks postgame show after a 5-2 winner over the Pittsburgh Penguins on 720 WGN. Blackhawks goaltender, Peter Mrazek, is our player with the most heart, which is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine with teams that take on the toughest cases at over 200 locations. Peter Mrazek with 38 saves tonight. He picks up his 150th career victory after the Hawks beat the Penguins 5-2. Let's hear from the Hawks winning goaltender. Well, it seemed like you were pretty pretty locked in from the start tonight. Yeah, I felt pretty good out there. Uh, you know, I think first period was good by, by us. Of course, we knew they were going to push hard, and they did in a second. But, uh, you know, we controlled the game really well. Uh, yeah, they, they tied the game, but... Uh, 
you know, I think that's the road game that, uh, you know, we always should want to play. When it matters so much to Pittsburgh and there's so much energy and kind of anxiety in the building, do you feed that? Does it kind of fuel you to, to want to? Yeah. You know what, you don't, you don't think about it that way. Uh, it's probably on their side that they think about it, but, uh, you know, you're just here to play and, uh, you know, try to, you know, get the best performance as you can, get the win and on the road, especially last last game, you know, on the road for the year. It seemed like you had Crosby's number in particular. Yeah, actually, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, he had my number in the past and today it was on, you know, it was on my uh, on my side, so I'm happy for that. What can you say about the way the group responded second half of back-to-back? You guys get in late, and then also there's the goal from Malkin late, and then they're able to score too quick after that. Yeah, we, you know, we, like, you know, it's that's what it says about a team coming here. We, you know, we flew in late, and uh, but uh, we all play together. Uh, we play smart hockey on the road, and uh, and we knew Pitt has to push hard, and uh, we just waited for our chances. We don't have a ton of time for all the out-of-town, so I just want to hit on a couple of them. One game that's going on right now, the Vancouver Canucks with a 2-1 lead over the Anaheim Ducks. They're through one period out in California. Obviously, Hawks fans will be monitoring that game. Buffalo lost tonight, 6-2 in favor of New Jersey, so the Sabres are eliminated from the postseason. Again, Buffalo is going to play Columbus for their final game of the regular season. That will be on Friday. We'll see if that game will end up mattering, how the bottom of the standings end up shaking out. Carolina ends its three-game losing skid, a 4-1 victory over the Detroit Red Wings. They clinch home ice advantage for the first round. Boston wins a franchise record 64th victory of the season, a 5-2 winner over the Washington Capitals. The Winnipeg Jets have secured a playoff spot, 3-1 winner over the Minnesota Wild. So Minnesota will continue in third place in the Central Division standings. And I also saw a tweet that the Winnipeg Jets have, um, uh, or excuse me, yeah, with the 3-1 winner over Minnesota, they have clinched a playoff berth as well. Our lone highlight for you comes from Philadelphia, a game that Hawks fans were monitoring as Columbus tied the game up in the third period, brought it to overtime, but right before a shootout would have happened, this happened. York trying to drop that back to Provorov. 24 seconds, Provorov starts up. Provorov, full board of the line. Off to Tippett. Tippett holds. He moves on in to the back and the front. He scores! What a beauty for the final goal at home this season. Owen Tippett with the game winner in overtime with less than 20 seconds left in OT. Flyers over the Blue Jackets 4-3. So with the Hawks two points tonight, they are now a point above the Blue Jackets. Again, Columbus has the tiebreaker. I want to encourage all the Blackhawks fans that texted, tweeted, or even called in tonight to tune into Blackhawks Live tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. We'll have more of a discussion about this. And please, I encourage your interaction. Call us, text us, tweet us. Blackhawks live tomorrow at 7 o'clock before the Blackhawks' final game against the Flyers on Thursday at the United Center. Blackhawks hockey has been sponsored by Sitco. Adventure awaits. Fuel up first with Sitco. Budweiser, ComEd, powering business, powering lives. United Airlines and Plumbers 911 Chicago. Visit plumbers911.com for emergency plumbing service. Big thanks to all the help here at the WGN Studios. Our production crew of Jack Heinrich and Ben Anderson. Our engineer tonight was Brett Jackson. Out at the PPG Paints Arena, John Weineman and Troy Murray had the call. For everyone that I mentioned, I'm Joe Brand signing off. Hawks beat the Penguins 5-2.